Great Odin's Raven. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is, uh, this is ridiculous. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Hello and welcome to the FilmPulse.net podcast, episode number 40. My name is Adam. Today I'm joined by Kevin. How are you, Kevin? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Day after your birthday, we're recording. That's right. How was your birthday? My birthday was uh, not too bad. Good day. Good day. Excellent. Well, this week we'll be reviewing Skyfall. We'll also be highlighting some Amazon Blu-ray deals. We'll be making our weekly movie predictions And finally, we'll be going over this week's DVD and Blu-ray releases. First, let's kick things off with some of what we've been watching. Kevin, what have you been watching? Oh, I started off with Winter Light. Winter Light. The Ingmar Ingmar Bergman, right? The Bergman movie. Bergman. And I did not know that this was part of a trilogy. And it's the second one. (laughs) Nice. So I started in the middle. But uh, very, very simplistic. It's essentially just like uh, follows a, a pastor who's having like a crisis of faith. And then one of the parishioners uh, is suicidal. And the pastor doesn't really help him out too much. You know, he comes to him with his crisis of faith and wants helped out. And the pastor doesn't offer much. Mm. And... There's not much going on, it's, you know. It's very, it's, you know, talk-heavy, dialogue-driven. Um, not a lot of great shots or anything, but a lot of Bergman movies are like that. But it's just, it's like the equivalent of reading philosophy. Mm-hmm. Is how w- watching a Bergman is, and like I'm never in the mood for a Bergman because they're just so dense mm-hmm. and usually dark, but. Every time I do watch them, they never disappoint. They're always good. And this exactly the same. Great cool. movie. But man, it's tough to it's tough to watch these. It's really tough to be in the mood, you know, to be like, "Hey, I'm going to watch Bergman." You just sort of have to force yourself to do it. It's like homework almost. There are a number of movies that I've done that with where I'm like, "I got to do it. Just got to do it." Amazing performances too. They great acting from everyone. And then I went on to watch The Hunter, the Iranian, The Hunter. Finally got to see this damn movie, directed by Rafi Pitts, who we talked about. He was in Argo, which mm-hmm. made me think of something. And I don't know, like if he directs a lot of his movies in Iran, but I'm wondering how that's going to work out for him now. You know, to be in Argo in that movie where you know Iran isn't painted too nicely and he's in that film I wonder if he's gonna have a he's gonna have trouble now shooting or making movies in Iran I don't know I'm sure he thought about that I think so because this movie was filmed in Iran Germany looks like how was it it was pretty good it was a slow burn not much dialogue at all you know just Beautiful camera work. And it was good. I can see it's one of those movies that's sort of tough to, I don't know if you would like it. So I'm not sure if I like, if I would suggest watching it. But it had like this uh, Kurosaki feel to it. The guy that did La Havre. Mm-hmm. It had that sort of feel to it where it felt like an old movie. Yeah. It was, it was good. I mean, the, very the, good. the premise sounds interesting to me. Yeah, and there's, he, yeah, just like randomly kills two police officers with like a hunting rifle. And then they catch on to him, find him. There's like a chase scene, like through the foggy back roads of like the woods and stuff, which is pretty cool. And then, you know, he wrecks his car and he's got to run into the woods and then they capture him. And then it sort of plot twist from there and then i didn't watch that much this week no i didn't either just i'm just realizing hell i forgot i watched the hunter but i just watched the comedy oh the laugh riot by rick alverson 
starring Tim Heidecker and Eric Wareheim. Now, we talked about this a little bit on the show last week, and we talked about it quite a bit off the air. What did you, what did you, how did it turn out for you? I thought it was pretty good. Extremely depressing. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was extremely depressing. Very dark. Yeah. Yeah. It's also very depressing because we know a lot of these people. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> we know tons. Like, yay, this is our generation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yay. Ah, uh, it's just sad. Yeah, so the comedy is currently playing on uh, on demand, and you can see that in theaters in limited release this weekend. I think um, you were going to be working on a review for that. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have a review up on the site for that at some point. And I I thought that it was very interesting. I mean, there's not a real big plot in this movie. No. Uh, it, it really, you don't really get an idea of what's happening until towards the end, then it, it kind of falls into place, but it's called the comedy, but it is not funny. <laughs> Please don't, don't, don't go into it thinking that it's going to be Hilarious. You know, like, like a, the Tim and Eric movie or something. Now, Tim and Eric are in it. I mean, Tim Heidecker is the main character and Eric plays, uh, one of his friends, but I don't know. There are there are funny moments, but yeah, there's some funny moments. Usually, it's the kind of comedy where you're just like, oh my! It's like uncomfortable comedy where extremely uncomfortable. Tim Heidecker plays such an asshole that you're just like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, and you're just you're wondering, like, why? Well, why hasn't anyone punched him in the face yet? Yeah, just punch him in the face. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy and and there's a specific scene at, near the end of the film that deeply disturbed me yes are you are you talking about the scene at the end in the boat yep yeah very disturbing um yeah just like what the hell is going on yeah i but i, I would still recommend checking out the movie it's it's kind of about the aimlessness of this generation and how these people just have no direction and it's very interesting. I was talking to you about it yesterday off the air. One of the friends uh, of Tim Heidecker in the, in the movie is played by the lead singer of LCD sound system. And for those of you that have seen his documentary, shut up and play the hits. I felt like there was some kind of correlation between how he was feeling after leaving LCD sound system and the 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 message of this movie where he just kind of didn't really know what to do or where to go from here. I thought that was interesting. No. Yeah, this is just aimless. He just he doesn't know what to do. He has no idea what to do. And he just he's one of those guys that tries, you know, tries to be funny at all times. Just always riffing. Yeah, everything's a joke. Yeah, he never takes anything seriously. Mocking everything essentially but i thought it was a good performance from tim either oh yeah i think that i'm really hoping that this will open some doors for him i i would like to see him expand and do do some other stuff oh the one thing that i did learn from the comedy is uh the disintegration loops by william basinski you can put that music to anything and it it just makes it meaningful hmm makes it powerful it's the music that was playing when they were playing like stickball and they're riding their bikes around yeah yeah just put that music to anything and it's amazing yeah i agree pop that up on youtube and just make it i want to get like speakers in my house and just have that music play all day all throughout your house yeah and then i'll feel like i have purpose cool fuel yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Feel good. Feel good about myself. And that was it besides Skyfall. Okay. Uh, I had a very light week, too. I'm in the middle of getting ready to move. And I saw Capturing the Freedmans. This is a documentary from 2003. 
I caught this on Snag Films. Uh, it's I I never saw this. Apparently, it was a pretty big documentary when it came out, but I never got a chance to see it. So it's about uh, this upper middle class family who the the father ends up getting arrested for child pornography and then subsequently accused of uh, molesting and sodomizing students of his. Jeez. And the interesting thing was, I guess right around when this was all happening, they had three sons and one of the sons got a video camera and he videotaped everything. Like, everything that was happening. So they have this whole ordeal, like, just tons of footage. So the filmmakers just put that in and just spliced in interviews with family members and that type of thing and kind of put this movie together. And it was really interesting because you never really know. You never really know if he did it. There was a lot of people that were, like, saying that, there's no way he did it. There's no evidence, all this stuff. And then you have, you know, evidence to the contrary, too. So it was really interesting. You never really find out if he did it or not. No. But it gets very, uh, it just gets crazy. Like, the one of the sons was then accused of it, and he ended up going to jail. Jeez. Yeah, very, very interesting documentary. It was... Uh, put together very nicely, looked good, and I would recommend checking it out. It, you can watch it for free on Snag Films, so hmm. check that out. Uh, I saw Citadel. This is the how the how was this? Uh, I liked it. It wasn't anything spectacular, no. but it had feral children in it. So yes, it had a lot of feral children. So feral. Children. I think the most interesting thing about this movie is the fact that the writer and director of the film actually went through uh, a similar situation in his real life, and that's what made him write this movie, where he was, I think he was attacked out on the street somewhere, and as a result, he became extremely agoraphobic and could, couldn't leave his apartment. Mm. Never do that. Uh, but basically, this movie is about this couple who the, the the girlfriend, or maybe it's his wife, I don't know if they ever specified, but she's pregnant, she gets attacked, she dies, the baby survives, and it's about the the guy who becomes extremely agoraphobic after this event, and his apartment building becomes overrun by feral children and he has to try to get out with with his baby and protect his baby so it's so it's like a re- really a movie that connects with everyone cuz i think we've all gone through that i mean apartment building being run over by feral children well it's you know the the children the feral children are s- symbolic of fear and there's there is straight a lot of straight up horror in this movie but there's a lot of psychological things that he has to work through during the, in the movie too feral children are definitely on my list of I, things I, that i fear yeah i mean is it on yours yes and there's a the, the thing about this movie is you got to kind of take everything with a grain of salt almost like um lovely molly but mm. with this movie, there's like there's so many things that you have to just try to disconnect yourself from. Like for instance, all the feral children wear hoodies <laughs> with their with their hoodies up, and it's like mm. it makes you wonder like what what, is, what do they do? Is there like one leader of these feral children that goes to the store and buys hoodies for the new recruits, or do they all just have the same dirty white hoodies? Hmm. It's like where do these hoodies come from? Where do they get them? Because there's a, I mean, it's like an army of feral children. There's so many of them. And they all have hoodies? And they all have hoodies, yeah. Do they have like a cool like crest or anything? Like a logo? No, they're just dirty uh, white hoodies. Dirty white hoodies. I mean, they're they're extremely creepy looking. They kind of look like zombies. 
But uh, it has kind of a zombie movie feel to it. But it's a little different. It's a little different because apparently they the, the feral children can only see fear or something. Like they don't see normally. They can only see fear. So if like you're not scared, they won't come after you because they can't mm. see you. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of stuff in it where you just kind of have to go with it or else you'll be picking picking apart everything in the movie. To, um, see to me, I would just get extremely drunk and then you wouldn't be, you know, scared of them or anything. And then just go around beating the shit out of them. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them do get beaten. So do they? Yeah. Like a beating of feral children. Yeah, they, they they do get beat. There's uh they a couple of them get beaten with a crowbar. Lord have mercy. We should have like a feral children film fest. Yes. Where we just watch all feral children movies. I'm down. I'm down for that. <laughs> um, that. That is the plan for next October. And then the only other one I saw uh, was Fat Kid Rules the World. Oh. Yeah, I got to see this. This was uh, not nearly as good as I had hoped. Really? I was, yeah. Disappointed? I was disappointed. It was, I thought that it was going to be a really interesting premise, but it just kind of turned out to be your typical, like, almost after school special type movie where, you know, there's this fat kid and he's overcoming, you know, people making fun of him and blah, 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 and him feeling like he's worthless and you know his his buddy this kid saves his life he's going to kill himself this kid saves his life but this kid is a drug addict and they have to like work through some shit and it it wasn't bad but i just didn't take anything away from it yeah it sounds like you you've seen this movie before right and I, and i a lot of it's about like this this kid discovers like the whole punk rock scene and gets into it and stuff and realizes that you know this is this is the a really good way for him to express himself and all that but you know i i was really into punk rock when i was growing up too and the music in this movie is not very good and I, that i think kind of brings it down a little bit is that thought the music sucked (laughs) (laughs) yeah the music is terrible yeah but like i said it wasn't horrible or anything it was maybe worth a rental or something and that's all i saw other than skyfall oh we each saw four movies yeah yeah light week hopefully i'll have more next week oh shit i saw safety not guaranteed Oh yeah, you did. What the f- <laughs> what the hell? Uh, I haven't updated Letterboxd in a couple of days. That's why I I sort of forget these things. That's ridiculous. That's that why. movie was awesome. Okay, so you did like Safety Not Guaranteed. I did like it. It was like um, to me, it's like a a rom com that you can actually enjoy. Yeah. It's exactly what I said about um, your sister's sister. You put you put Duplass in there. Yeah, this is a Duplass movie. You put Duplass in there, and you he fucking takes over. Yeah, he's like the best kind of like he's like a cancer, but a good cancer. Uh, all you got next next Catherine Heigl movie. Throwing it out there, next Catherine Heigl movie that comes out. Throw Duplass in there. Just throw him in. Everybody wins. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so much better. Or just have Duplass dress up as Catherine Heigl. Yeah, there you go. And it'll be better. It'll be better than any Catherine Heigl movie ever. Now I really, really liked Safety Not Guaranteed. That for for a while there, that was one of my top top movies mm. of the year. Yeah, it was definitely, definitely check that one out. I enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And that my wife fell asleep like twenty five minutes in. Nice. <laughs> she falls asleep in every movie. That sucks. Sounds like my dad. <laughs> uh, Safety Not Guarantees available on um, DVD and Blu-ray right now, so give that a rent. 
Definitely. It is the I would have to say it is one of my favorite films of the year. It's just unfortunate that it took me this long to see it. Yeah. But well, it's out now, so let's talk about some Amazon Blu-ray deals. To get these incredible deals, just visit our site at filmpulse.net and either click on the Amazon banner, shop as you would normally, or simply click the provided links in the show notes. First up, we have a little bit of a theme today. Ooh. And I want you to tell me which one doesn't fit. Okay. Uh, first, I like first up, we have National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. This is $9.99 on Blu-ray. Ooh. Uh, Elf with Will Ferrell, $9.49. Okay. Christmas Story, $9.49. This is the, I think that's the anniversary edition or something. Uh, Blu-ray of a Christmas Story. And, of course it is. And <laughs> there will be blood for seven eighty eight. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Which one does not fit? <sighs> I don't know. They all seem Christmassy to me. Hmm. Yeah. Well. Because blood, blood's red, so that makes me think of Christmas. There you go. There you go. So they all fit. Yeah, they all. I guess they they could all fit. So check those out if you need to get your holiday movie collection going <laughs> there will be blood the new christmas classic <laughs> if you need to get your holiday collection going there will be blood is 788 people uh, okay let's just jump right into this review of skyfall this is the skyfall. this is the latest uh bond film this is the 23rd bond film i believe it's directed by sam mendez Here's the synopsis. Bond's loyalty to M is tested as her past comes back to haunt her. As MI6 comes under attack, 007 must track down and destroy the threat, no matter how personal the cost. <sighs> Just I'm not, I'm not feeling that synopsis at all. But uh, the Skyfall stars Daniel Craig, Judi Dench, Javier Bardem, Ralph Fiennes, Naomi Harris, uh, Albert Finney's in it. There, there's a bunch of bunch of great talents in this movie i now there, there's a correlation from the last show that we did to this show and that is the same guy that wrote skyfall wrote johnny english reborn one of the writers one of yeah well <laughs> well one of one of the many um I, my, but it is weird to just see that, you know, see all these Bond movies and then right in between Johnny English, Johnny English Reborn. It is, it is kind of weird, but I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if that's detrimental to the Bond f- films or a compliment to Johnny English. I'd say it's probably a compliment to Johnny English. Yeah. But uh, my review for this is up on the site. So we'll start with you, Kevin. Now, this is your first Bond movie, right? Yes. And what did you think of Skyfall? Best Bond movie ever. <laughs> well, best. It is. I've ever seen. It's the best I've ever seen. Hands down, the greatest Bond film. Now see, ever. Now see, I've seen I've seen many Bond films and I can say that it is I think it is the best Bond movie. Yeah, I, for whatever reason I've never seen a Bond film. Which I still can't believe. Well, the, the thing I mean, is, I've seen I've seen parts of them, but I haven't seen an entire one. Well, the thing is, now you you don't have to go back and watch any of them because no. now you know that none of them are going to be as good as this one. Yeah. <laughs> so this is where it starts. I tried to get. Uh, I think you told me was it Casino Royale? Yeah. Right. That you told me to see that. I tried to get that from Netflix and. Of course, like, apparently everyone else had the same idea. Mm, I'm sure, yeah. So I was unable to get it. Yeah, I mean, so, it's Quantum of Solace, which was the second one in the in the Daniel Craig trilogy here, that one was, I feel, completely unnecessary to see. But a Casino Royale was, that was kind of the setup. You know, that was the movie with when Bond first became an agent and stuff like that. So it kind of yeah. it kind of introduced these characters, but my suspicion is that you, even though you've never seen a Bond film, you probably still picked up on all the 
references and stuff like that. Yeah, like I knew I knew there was parts, you know, when they would show something that I was like, oh, that was probably in older ones. You know, when they like get out the antique car. Right. I was like, oh, that was probably an old Bond yeah, movies. Exactly. Cool reference. I don't completely get it, but I understand. I understand what they're doing. Yeah. But I did I found there were parts where I was like, man, why do they keep playing the music? And then, you know, I sort of forgot that I was like, oh, yeah, that's their shtick. Yeah. At least play the Bond music. Well, the, the weird, now the thing is, in this one, they played the, like, the classic style music. In a lot of the other ones, they don't play the, the, just the normal, regular score. They mix it up a lot in the other ones. Yeah, okay. So I, I just I, thought they always played the Bond music. It it always makes an appearance in in some form. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but I don't remember hearing it in Quantum of Solace at all. So, what did you think of Skyfall? Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was awesome. It was it was really really good. Um, but I am sort of like like you said, I don't have to watch anymore because if this is the best one, which is what I've been hearing from a lot of people. So I guess I'm just going to start my Bond film watching career right now and just move on from there and not watch any of the old ones. I don't, yeah, I don't think you really have to. Now, I'm not a huge Bond fan, but I've seen probably, oh, I don't know, out of 22, I've probably seen like six or eight. So I I have a good idea of what makes a Bond movie and... I felt I thought I thought the interesting thing about this was that Sam Mendes was somehow able to put together this classic feeling Bond movie, but make it modern. Yeah, I I did, I I was sort of struck by that too. Even though I don't know if I can actually say this because I haven't seen the other ones, but to me it seemed really like like a classic Bond, like Back to the Roots, and. But it wasn't like over the top nostalgic, where they just kept hitting you with right, exactly. Just you know, hammered it over your head, like it's been fifty years, Bond. And and I like how they a lot of the things that everybody looks for in a Bond movie, like the shaken not stirred thing. You know how in this movie they didn't bother with that line; they just showed the bartender shaking the martini. And he was just yeah. like perfect, you know, like just the, it's little subtle things like that, 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 um, they put in there that I thought really worked well. Like the conversation between Q and Bond when he, when he got the gun and the, the old timey looking radio transmitter. Yeah. Like I thought that that was all great. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that it wasn't, you know, with, it had a realistic feel to it. <clears throat> it wasn't, you know, ridiculous gadgets and yeah, and all this stuff that you've come to expect. Yeah, and from the Bond movies, a lot of the action was seemed to be at least somewhat grounded in reality. And one of the things that I like the most is that uh, I don't know if you noticed, but there was almost no CG in the movie at all. They used almost all practical effects. And I thought yes. that that was awesome, with the exception of the Komodo dragon scene. Uh, I was I was happy that I got to see a Komodo dragon eat someone. Eat someone, yeah. <laughs> you know, I wasn't. Not often do you get to go to the movies and see a Komodo dragon eat someone. Yeah, it was pretty. So awesome. That's always a pleasant surprise. It was awesome. More more films could have that, and I'd be happier. I have to say, I thought, but uh, I loved, I loved the the entire chase scene. You know, the, the opening. Oh yeah, it was awesome. That was insane. And <laughs> driving on the rooftops, yep. it's just pure insanity. Now that's a, that's how you start a movie. Yeah, yep, that was awesome. What did you think of the uh, intro credits? Uh, I loved like the, the beginning of it. When, you know, where he drops into the water and he's going down, and then the big hand mm-hmm. grabs him by the foot, and you know. The, the holes open up at the bottom of the the ocean floor or whatever they were in. <clears throat> that was really cool, but eh, it went on a bit too long. 
Well, that's the thing. Which I yeah, I, yeah, I know. I know that's their thing. He play the song and everything. Yeah, they almost every Bond movie. I think every Bond movie has an extremely long intro yeah. that plays the entire theme of that movie. And I do have to say, Adele's song has been stuck in my head for like it was stuck for like four to five days before I went to see the movie, and it's been stuck in my head. Since I saw it yesterday and all of today. Oh, it was a good choice for her because when you go back and look at some of the other popular Bond theme songs, uh, her voice really fits with the the style. I think, yeah. I think it was a good choice for her, and I, I like the intro. I thought it was it was good. Like you said, it was a little bit long, but I expected that. Yeah, I expected it too, but it's still it's still not entirely too happy about it yeah uh, it's a minor quibble minor quibble. it is a quibble um what do you think about performances obviously <laughs> javier bardem <laughs> is my god well I, I love how it seems <laughs> like there's a, a like a running thing in hollywood where they're like all right if we cast bardem as a villain we have to give him terrible hair yeah because the precedent has been set with no country for old men, so we just gotta keep trying to top that. But man, his guy that guy was just creepy. As far as So and he plays him brilliantly. As far as Bond villains go, first of all, I was really glad to see that they bring like the crazy supervillain type back into the Bond series because Older Bond movies always had some kind of crazy villain with with some kind of physical ailment or, or something weird about him. And then they kind of pulled away from that. And I was glad to see this, how Javier Bardem played this absolutely insane character. Yeah, I mean, he plays him brilliantly. The, the first, the, the scene where you meet him, the exchange between him and Bond, damn, that was... I didn't want that scene to end. Yeah, it was, it was great. I thought uh, he was he was definitely the, the standout, uh, only because Daniel Craig was great, but, I mean, he's he's Bond, you know? He, he's not... We've seen it before, and I don't mean to, like, belittle his role in the movie or anything, but... Uh, this one also featured a lot more Judy Dench in it as she became kind of a major player in the film's plot. And I, I thought she was fantastic. I loved her in it. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Judy Dench ever does a bad job. No. no you know what I mean? No, of course not. Like she she's so professional that like you don't even comment on it because it's just like a default performance yeah. for her. Yeah. And it was great to see her uh, kind of in an action role too, you know, like the uh, she was she was in some shootouts, some some oh, big yeah. things. Oh, she got her hands dirty. <laughs> she was in the shit. Yeah, she was in it. And I think we'll. Um, I want to talk about that in a little bit more detail when we get into spoilers. Well, the, my favorite thing then when I enjoyed the film from start to finish, but there is a certain point where you know, a new, like a ch- uh, almost a new chapter started mm-hmm. in the film mm-hmm. and everything from that point was just amazing. And that's when they got to Skyfall. Right. Exactly. Right. When that started, I was like, Oh shit, this is amazing. Yep. That it's, that's so funny that you said that because that, that was the exact point for me as well, where I was just like, wow. Okay. I was like, this, this is getting really good. Yeah. <laughs> And it almost turned into, I mean, you had the help of the Scotland landscape, but like as soon as they showed that shot of him standing there and looking out, and I'm just thinking like, oh, this is like turning into like an art house movie. Oh, yeah. It's going to be like an art house action Bond film. This is awesome. And and that was the other thing. The, the thing I think that really, it just pushed it above all other Bond movies was Sam Mendes having him direct this and it has such a unique visual look to it like if i remember correctly all the other bond movies just kind of look 
typical. They kind of look generic. But this no. this movie was so visually pleasing. Like the scene uh, in China. I think they were in um, were they in Shanghai. Oh, the in the, the assassination yeah, scene. Yes. Yeah, that scene was amazing. Like the how the everything was the use of the shadows and the neon and like yeah. just that whole scene. I was just like, wow, that looks amazing. And then the the scene when they're on the boat with all the the candles uh, when they're going to that party. Yes. I mean, it yes. just this movie looks awesome, yeah. and, and it has it's... there's so many different landscapes too. So you have all these mixed visual styles. You have like real bright, colorful stuff, and then you have this kind of washed out, murky looking, you know, scenes on the Scottish countryside. It was just a great looking movie. Yes, beautiful. Everything complemented each other. Everything else in this movie, like the writing, was great. The dialogue, I mean, they they incorporated enough humor to make it fun. Yes. Yeah, there was there was a nice balance of everything. Now, I just noticed, because I wanted to look, see who the cinematographer was, which it is Roger Deakins, who's a great cinematographer. He did, you know, A Serious Man, Revolutionary Road, No Country for Old Men, yeah, uh, The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. I mean, so many movies that are just beautiful to look at. So to get him to do Skyfall is it's great. I love that. I love that new how that's sort of taken on, you know, where we get big time, you know, action movies and stuff, but they're actually done by good directors. Oh yeah, and, and, and good cinematographers. Yeah, and that was that, that was the thing. Like getting back to the action style of this movie compared with. Um, Casino Royale, and I don't have anything against Casino Royale. I loved it when it came out, but when they, it was like when they made Casino Royale, they were like, "Okay, we're gonna reboot Bond for a new generation. We're gonna make it new." And Casino Royale was much more visceral. It was almost like a Bourne movie, where mm. it was a really fast paced, and there was a lot of crazy, like there's a lot of um, parkour in it and stuff, and. Parkour, parkour? Yeah. And like real just kind of visceral fight scenes and stuff. And they really toned that back with Skyfall and had it more, there was like more shootouts and things like that. But I felt like the all the fight scenes were just so nicely shot. Like uh, the scene that's sticking out to me is the, again, the assassination scene when they're in that building and how the entire fight is just like done in shadow yeah it just it looks yeah. so awesome it's just a bad awesome. it's a badass movie and I, it takes everything about bond and puts it out there in a completely non-cliched way like at this point in the 23rd movie you would think that we'd be getting tired of some of this stuff but yeah how Sam Mendes was somehow able to reinvent it while still sticking with the original source material. Uh, he, he just did a fantastic job. Just an awesome movie. Yeah, I want to see it again already. Yeah, yes. This is definitely... Like I, wish I, could, I wish I could see it right now. Yeah, this is definitely one that I do want to see again, and I'm excited to see it when it comes <laughs> out on Blu-ray. Because we're talking about it, and now I just, I just want to watch the damn thing again. <laughs> I know. Uh, I know. Well, um, now I'm getting bummed out because I don't get to see Skyfall. Let's talk about. Let's go into a spoiler section because there are a couple things that I wanted to talk about uh, that happened later on in the movie. So, <laughs> this is a spoiler section. If you haven't seen Skyfall yet, just fast forward. The uh, time codes will be in the show notes, so you can skip over this. All right. So we're in a spoiler section now. The big, the big thing, the big twist in this movie was that M died, which is really, Maybe. really crazy for people that have Maybe. seen Bond films. Maybe. Oh, you don't think she died? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. No, I think that uh, the way that they were setting it up was that... Ralph Fiennes is the new M. Yeah. 
that she Judy Dench died, and then Ralph Fiennes takes over, and then Money Penny is, and, and I knew that she was going to be Money Penny the whole time. I had a strong. Feeling. I don't know who who is Money Penny. Money Penny's like um, sort of this her like Bond's main contact person that kind of keeps him in line and tells him what to do, where to find things. Okay. Okay. And there's always like been a, a sexual tension between the two of them. Gotcha. So I think that's cool. I mean, uh, she's that's Naomi Harris who was in 28 Days Later. Ah. Big fan. So <laughs> how gross was it when <laughs> Javier Bardem pulled his jaw out? <laughs> that was... I would, when he's going through his whole spiel and he's saying that... He, ate the cyanide capsule and everything and it didn't kill him like yeah but that would really fuck you up yeah it takes like i can understand that you can you could you know you survived it but there's no way that you look the way you look and then he takes it out and i was like yep yep that's probably what it (laughs) okay it was so gross It's it's almost it's almost as if the movie was in my head and was like oh yeah okay we'll make it realistic for you asshole <laughs> and they chase out his face and i'm like ah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh gotcha. so horrible looking how was the eye was all droopy <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> like a whole face just sunk and i'm like uh put your face back in please put your face back in now um i, I don't know if this is technically a spoiler i'll just talk about it in this but i felt like there were some very serious uh themes of aging in this movie did you pick up on on that yes. like there there was constant references to getting older and like how you know losing a step and yeah like not being the the physical athletic man that he used to be yeah and i, I felt like that was almost self-referential to the bond series in general how mm-hmm. you know this movie's 50 years old and the the book came out like 60 years ago the first one so i think that it was all kind of a statement on hey we're getting older but maybe we can still hang in there well it was also nice too the way which is a good point that you bring up the self-referentialism of the movie you know it goes back to the roots you know it goes back to scotland it goes back to skyfall yeah and instead of using you know, his athleticism and everything, he uses his intelligence, you know, and sets up all these traps and, you know, things like that. So, which is sort of self, a self-reference to bringing in Mendez to do it. Yep. You know, bringing in an intelligent filmmaker instead of just, you know, your typical action action movie director. Yeah. I, just I, bring, bring in a little bit extra to the table. Yeah. Instead of just, oh, these fight scenes are so cool. Yeah, I thought all that was great. And... Uh, I'm glad you brought up the the, the scene in, at Skyfall because that was so awesome how, you know, the, the M was m- making those uh, light gr- bomb yeah, things. The, yeah, like little shrapnel bags. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was like, arts, it... It was like arts and crafts <laughs> yeah. making shrapnel bags. It is. It was like a grandmother doing arts and crafts time. But making things that will kill you. Now, see, I'm I'm a big and sucker. You. I'm a big sucker for those types of scenes in movies where, yes, it, it, like uh, it's almost like the Home Alone type mm-hmm. setup where you have all these traps. And I, I, for some reason, I just love that where it has the montage of them putting things together and setting things up, and then having the bad guys spring all those traps. And then you can actually see what happens, you know. As, yeah, because when, when she was making those bags, I'm like, that's that's a really, I like that idea. I'm like, I wonder what she's going to do with them. And then when they showed them that they're back in the chandeliers, it's like, oh, shit, yeah. that's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Yeah, and it was. It was very awesome. But the, the main thing that I loved about Skyfall, the Skyfall scene at the end, is with the house burning down. And then, you know, like walking through the fields, mm-hmm. just the lighting and the shadows, mm-hmm. the way that it was shot, it looked absolutely amazing. 
Yeah. Loved it. Yep. And that's the thing, you know, just bring that little bit extra that, you know, you can open up your whole, you know, your projected audience. Yeah. And again, I will say that I respect this movie so much more for not going crazy CG route with the explosions like that. The, the scene uh, with the, the train car when it falls through the, the hole and everything like that was yes. all done with models, which I love. I love that. Yeah. That was a crazy ass scene too. Yeah. That's the only one slight drawback for me and not to take anything away from Bardem's performance or anything, but I'm worried that so many people are going to base their villains off of the Joker. Yeah, you, you know, know Heath Ledger's yeah, performance, yeah, yeah. where everyone's sort of going that route. You know what? I, I was I was feeling that vibe, but so, but I, again, again, he was pretty much in line with old style Bond villains. You know, like you have. Uh, there was like the scene with the Komodo dragons where, you know, there's the, the only thing that they didn't do is set up some sort of elaborate trap and leave bond there. So he could escape. <laughs> leave him alone. Yeah. <laughs> that was like the only thing that they didn't do in this movie, which I kind of wish there they wasn't, done. there wasn't really, or, and again, I haven't seen any of the other ones, so I don't know how they usually do this, but there didn't seem to really be like a bond girl. Oh. Or am I wrong there? No, there was, um, yeah, there was a, uh, what's her there name? There was that girl, but it, she seemed like she was, you know, wasn't, I don't know. I'd have, like I said, I haven't seen other ones. I thought that they were more like a, a part of the, the storyline. Uh, they are sometimes, sometimes not, but. She just seemed like she popped up. That uh, Berenice, mm, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Marlo? Smarter? maybe but anyway yeah she was she was clearly the the bond girl usually usually her role is pretty typical of a bond girl where they they meet up she guides him in some some way they bang she'll either die or leave <laughs> uh, that's, that's, they bang. that's pretty much it now what'd you think of um What'd you think of the copious amounts of Heineken product placement? I apparently I'm blind. Didn't because I didn't. I don't remember seeing didn't, any Heineken didn't pick up whatsoever. I didn't. I don't remember seeing anything. The only thing that I did notice was the McClellan's bottle, which I went to the liquor store afterwards, so I got McClellan's. <laughs> nice. So that did work. <laughs> so good job, McClellan's putting your product in that movie because i did buy some yeah i remember it was and like it was a, delicious i remember it was a big thing when they were like oh heineken is bond's gonna be drinking heineken now and in the in the beginning of the movie when he's in bed with that woman after he has his thing he's drinking a bottle of heineken and then there's a scene uh when q and the other guy are watching like the big computer screen um when bond was escorting M to skyfall he's <clears> drinking a bottle of heineken but it it didn't it didn't bother me the only reason i even noticed it was because i read beforehand that heineken was like you know sponsoring this movie or whatever hey, what i mean whatever people drink heinekens <laughs> like, you know what i mean yeah yeah, I mean, it, did, it didn't. Not that big of a deal. It didn't bother me, and and Bond has always been all about, you know, product placement. Yeah, I mean, I don't really mind product placement as long as they just do it correctly. Now, if there was a scene in the movie where Bond just like out of nowhere is like, I could really use a delicious Heineken. <laughs> they are so good. I just that's all I want right now. And it, I would be like, what the fuck? Come on. It's, but him just like laying in bed drinking a Heineken, I'm like, yeah, people do that. And it was really, Whatever. it was actually the way that they did it too was pretty understated too. They, he was holding the bottle and his hand was obscuring the label too, so that made yeah. it. It's not like other movies where they, <laughs> they do like a close up of right. what he's drinking, and you're like, well, that seems unnecessary. I think it was Transformers Three. That, it's always Transformers 3. Oh my god, it was so bad. <laughs> like, I wanted to leave 
just um okay anything else you wanted to add before we leave the spoiler any spoilers you want to add uh albert penny's a badass that's not he, really a spoiler no yeah he's awesome he's the best i was just, I, I was so afraid that he was gonna i was like he's gonna get killed yeah i was like he's gonna get killed and he's he's awesome but i was glad it didn't turn out that way yeah um just everything at skyfall was amazing Yep. Loved it. I, it could have just been that. It could have just been a short film <laughs> and just showed that. And it would have been like amazing movie. It's amazing. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and get out of the spoiler section. We are back. Um, I, have, I have a question. Mm-hmm. And you might know this more than me. But what's what's going on with Bond now? Like, is Daniel Craig doing more of these? I think he they... is, yeah. Okay. I think he did sign on to do more. With with Bond movies, I'm always kind of skeptical because they're so hit or miss. You know, you have great ones like this, and then you have ones that, I mean, rarely are they ever bad, but usually they're just kind of like, eh, you know, just like forgettable. Yeah. Yeah. But, all right. Well, that's, that's how all Pierce Brosnan movies are. <laughs> oh, what was that one? Uh... <laughs> Robinson Crusoe? No. Wait, is it that? That's the one with the ridiculous cover. He yes. has like long hair. Yes. That was the one with the kind of castaway type cover. Oh, uh, there was God. one uh, Pierce Brosnan movie that I thought was The Matador. Mm, I heard that that was actually pretty good. Yeah. That one was good. Plays an aging hitman. That, that one was pretty good. All right. Anything else you want to add about um, Skyfall? Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm good. Uh, I gave it an 8 out of 10 on the site. What are you going to give it out of 10? I, I, yeah, I would agree with that. I'll give it an 8. 8 out of 10? Awesome. Uh, go see Skyfall. It's in theaters now. You will not be disappointed, even if you're not a Bond fan. Clearly, Kevin, this is his first Bond movie, so... It was awesome. Just And, I mean, the fact that it got me to the theater in the first place... Because usually when a Bond trailer comes out or news of it comes out, I'm just like, yeah, Bond film, cool. Oh, that that reminds me. This is this is what I wanted to to mention. One of the worst theater experiences ever. Yes. At this. So we sit down. First of all, one of the speakers in the theater is blown. Ah. Uh, and that's, it that's sounds great. horrible. It was like any anything that involved bass. It sounded like you were playing an 8-bit Nintendo game. It, it was so <laughs> awful. And people were getting up. They were leaving. They were telling you know, the ushers and stuff. Nobody did anything about it. They were like, yeah, well, I mean, if you want a refund, we can give you a refund. And I was just like, screw it. Uh, so there was that happening on my right side. On my left side, two old ladies come in the theater, sit down right beside me. And... The entire movie, they're just going, oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, no. I love those people. (laughs) It gets so immersed in it. Like, is he dead? Oh, he's not dead. Oh, my God. (laughs) But that didn't really bother me that much. I felt, I found, found that to be funny. Sometimes I'm really bothered by that, but... For some reason, I was in a, a good mood yesterday, so it didn't bother me too much. Yeah, it, it does depend on what type of mood you're in. Yeah, Because I've had times where I think that's hilarious and I love it. And then there's other times where I'm like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Shut your mouth. Yeah. I will punch your face repeatedly. It, yeah, I think it also, it also kind of depends on the tone of the movie, too. When you have a more, like a lighter kind of movie where there's a lot of action and fun stuff happening... Then I just my favorite is always like when they ask questions. Oh yeah, there were there were like some a, like, questions. Yeah. Like a Looper. When I watched Looper, there's you know girl behind us asked a question. It was like five minutes into the film. I'm like, do you know how films work? They're not going to answer everything in the first five minutes. You gotta wait. You got to be patient. <laughs> yeah. So there you have it. Go see Skyfall, please. It's excellent it's probably going to be one of the best movies you can see for a little while at least it would seem 
Uh, speaking of which, let's go over our predictions. Oh, uh, yeah. You predicted 90 for Skyfall. I predicted 82. Actual 93 on Skyfall. Damn right. Uh, we also predicted Lincoln because I didn't realize that that only came out in limited release last week. I think that it comes out wide, I don't know, next week or the week after something. We we know our movies. Yeah, yeah. We know them. We're all over this shit. We'll we'll do it anyway. You said ninety two. I said eighty five. Actual ninety one. Ah, uh, sap fest. Sap fest. Yeah. Twenty twelve. So next week we have Twilight Breaking Dawn Part Two. <laughs> what do you think on that one? Oh my god. How do these usually do? Do the critics actually like these movies? No. Okay. No, they never do. They never do very good. Let's say uh, 48. 48? Okay, that's probably a good one. I'm going to say 42. I don't know. Maybe that one will be... It's the last one, so maybe critics will be more lenient on it. But I'm just waiting until, you know... <laughs> they get they make a Twilight movie, but you know they enlist like a big time director to do it. <laughs> Sam Mendes, like PT PT Anderson doing the Twilight. Oh man, <laughs> PT Anderson signs on to reboot Twilight for a new generation. That'd be pretty great. I, I would watch it. Uh, the only other one we have here is Anna Karenina. And a crinina. <laughs> Every, <clears throat> everyone has problems saying this. Is it Karenina or do you just say Karina? I think it's just Karina. I never and really it, knew. So I, I I switch it up. I say it both ways. <laughs> switch it up. Uh, That's a, well, it's always good to have variety. I don't know. I actually don't know a, a, a ton about this as far as if it's supposed to be good or not so i'm just gonna tool story tool story well, i mean i know the story i just i don't know it's, about this specific iteration of it it's joe wright right the guy that did uh was that hannah did he do hannah i think he directed that oh maybe that was the last movie he did yeah he did atonement no i didn't i, I didn't did see this. atonement because that didn't interest me but I was pretty into Hannah. I thought Hannah was awesome. Yeah, I, I enjoyed Hannah. Uh, for, I mean, it, it looks good. I, I, like you, I'm not into the story at all. Or the time period. You know how I hate time periods. <laughs> and yet, you see all <laughs> of them. I know, I do. <laughs> oh, I don't try to, you know what I mean? I don't try to have that. Right, yeah. I'm trying to be I, petty. I, yeah, I, I don't just, try. I don't try to be petty and like I'm watching it. But there's a part of me that wants to be that way. Are you gonna see Les Misérables? Yes, that's like my wife's favorite thing in the world. So I gotta see that. That's a musical too. Yeah, uh, Fuck sake. Well, I'm gonna see it. I'm gonna see it too because I think it looks at least visually it does, it, really good. Yeah, it looks amazing. But it's you know they sing. They do sing now. Why do people do that? I don't. Know. Well, here's here's the thing because we, we've talked about this before. How we hate musicals and you know whatever. I thought of a musical that not only do I love it, but it's like on my top 100 movies of all time. Yeah, I have one too that I remembered after going on that huge rant. Yeah. What's yours? Little Shop of Horrors. Ah, there you go. That's that's. Don't you hate when you realize later yeah. that you prove yourself yeah. wrong? Little Shop of Horrors is just a perfect movie. It's awesome. It's hilarious. It's got great music. Love it. Yeah, mine's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. I realized afterwards, I was like, damn it. And then there was a part of me that was like, oh, I'm just going to hate that movie now. <laughs> just so I'm right. But I can't hate that movie. No, that's that, my that's imp- favorite yeah, that movie's impossible to hate. Go back and watch <laughs> Little Shop of Horrors. I think you'll be uh, not the Jack Nicholson one, the Rick Moranis one. Well, yeah, 
Rick Moranis makes just oh my god the scene with Bill Murray ugh (laughs) the dentist Bill Murray also makes everything better yeah and there were so many people in that movie too John Candy and Steve Martin and just amazing can we get Rick Moranis out of retirement I Do, do we have do we have that clout yet I don't know I don't think so we're gonna I don't do think it. anybody's getting him out of retirement. I think he's done. But I'm doing coming up next year, I'm gonna do Moranis Month. And I'm gonna review all of Rick Moranis' films for Film Pulse. Nice. That's a that's a, that's a thing. Now. Let me know what happens when you get to Honey We Shrunk Ourselves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Rick Moranis Month. Alright, getting back to Anna Karina. I'm gonna say eighty six on that. I'm going to say six. I'm going to go 80, 80, uh, 82. All right. Uh, that's pretty much it for predictions. I don't know if there's anything coming out in limited release or anything, but kind of a bad. And that's on my birthday, too. So Ooh. Ryan, Ryan had Silent Hill Revelation 3D. You have Skyfall. You're damn right. <laughs> and I have freaking Twilight. Ugh. Yeah, that that's the thing that sort of bums me out. Is the movie theater is gonna be ridiculous. Oh yeah. To see a film. Oh yeah. Uh all right. Um DVD and Blu-ray releases next week. This is for Tuesday, November thirteenth, two thousand twelve. We have two days in New York. That's the Chris Rock, Julie. Delphi. Delphi comedy I haven't seen this I, I heard it, was, it looked okay yeah I heard good things it looked funny I've, I've seen the trailers and stuff I just didn't get around to seeing it um, it was on demand for quite a while too I don't know if it still is yeah I think, I think I'm going to give that a rant probably yeah I, w- I would say check it out uh, d- does she she has something does she direct it or have something to do with the production of that movie too yeah, she directed it. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, then we have Brave. We gave this a seven and a half out of ten on the site. I would say, um, you know, probably probably worth a rent. It's not. It's pretty good. It's not the same caliber as a lot of Pixar movies, but it's still pretty good. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we have Dark Horse, the Todd Solondz movie that Kevin. I think you were okay on it. I didn't really like it that much. Yeah, it was all right. I would say if you're into Todd Solon's movies, maybe check it out. If you're if you're not, I probably not a good idea. No, no, probably not. You probably won't find it funny and just hate it. <laughs> and we have Oliver Stone Savages. We gave this a two and a half out of ten on the site. Gee, oh, all, all I know is after this comes out on Tuesday, we never have to speak of it again. Thank. God. And finally, we have the watch. We gave this a five out of ten on the site, and I would say rent this. It's uh, worth a rent just to see uh, Vince Vaughn <laughs> discover the nesting dolls. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed that movie. Yeah, it was fun. I, I enjoyed. I it. thought it was fun. I thought it was funny. Uh, do you have any other DVD and Blu-ray releases? Oh, what is that? The Queen of Versailles. Uh, Versailles? Queen of Versailles, yeah, the documentary. I want to, I want to see that. That looks very interesting. Yeah, I want to see that too. I love, I love documentaries that start out as one thing and turn into a completely different movie. Yeah, I always find that plus, interesting. Plus, I just the ridiculousness of it all. Yeah, it does look crazy, but yeah, I'll probably be watching that this week. Um, and then we got two. Two criterions got going on here. Number one is something that I'm very excited about, which is Weekend by Godard, which is finally out on DVD. Uh, I've been wanting to see this movie forever, and now it's finally here. Remastered Blu-ray. So I'm excited for that. And then there's also a box set, three disc, coming out, Trilogy of Life by Pasolini. Who you know from Solo, mm-hmm. the family classic. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, yeah, this is three films. Uh, you know, so that looks good. You got Arabian Nights, Canterbury Tales, and I don't know how the hell to pronounce the other one. The Cameron, I guess. Cameron. I don't know. Cameron. Sure. Sure. Let's go with that. Nailed it. All right. But man, it's got ridiculous stuff in here too. Introductions, interviews, essays. I was looking at the uh, documentaries. Um, I, I was at Best Buy yesterday, and I was looking at the Bond Blu-ray set that they just came out with. Yeah. And it has a hundred and twenty hours of bonus features. Lord, a hundred and twenty hours of bonus features. That is ridiculous. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my god! I like you get three Pasolini films. But there's also like four documentaries on this thing. Yeah, that's it's awesome. Ridiculous. Love Criterion. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. For all the latest film news and reviews, visit us at filmpulse.net. We want to hear your feedback. Send us an email at feedbackfilmpulse.net or give us a call on our voicemail line at 850-391-6071. Also, please take a minute to rate us on iTunes. We appreciate that very much. For filmpulse.net, my name is Adam. And I'm Kevin. And we will see you on Wednesday for Ryan Watches a Movie when we have him watch Vampire Suck. This is the end. Hold your breath and count to ten. Feel the earth move and then. Hear my heart burst again, for this is the end. Oh, I want right. him to watch. I want him to watch. Watch McCall. What's that Shaq movie? Kazam. <laughs>